we accomplished some things this year. Um, and you, we, you we're going to need sort of a sober second thought here um, in the coming days. But there's there's some things that obviously it was a hell of, hell of a regular season. Um, I think our team, you know, took a step in our first round. Uh, it was a tight series. We had to overcome some things. We were behind in the series. Some things that, quite frankly, this group hasn't done. Um, we played a game seven um, and, and found a way to win a game seven. Um, so there's, there's certainly some things you can look back to and be very proud of as, as, as the group. Um, there's an empty feeling today because I think there was more there. Um, I look at that series and the team that played the best won the series. I think you have to acknowledge that. I don't think we put our, what's empty for me is I don't think we put our game on the ice. Um, there's times in this business when you get beat and you tip your hat to the, to the, to the better foe. Um, I just didn't think we, we, we established an identity and a, a style of play that I don't think we, for a number of reasons, and, and some will have to find out, we never got to it in, in the second round. And you have to, you have to, um, acknowledge the opponent, um, and we'll 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 figure out why internally that didn't happen. But that leaves a real empty feeling because I think there's more. There was more there. What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL with your hosts Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. New episodes every Sunday. <laughs> I was never mad. I I, I never once was pissed. I just know the Coleman incident. That was the like that was the first yeah. That and watching her awful power plays. But like people are like, oh, this is a repeat of the series was a repeat of 2019. No, it was a repeat of us getting swept by the ducks in 2017. Yeah, because bad goaltending lost you the series. And, okay, I'm going to just preface this off by saying I love Jacob Markstrom. I absolutely adore this guy. But, like, dude almost set an NHL record for, <laughs> for literally the worst goals against average increase from one series to the next. Yeah. Um, ever. The only one worse was Jose Theodore in 2008. Jose Theodore with the Avalanche, 2008, right? First yep. round, 1.88. Second yep. round, 6.9. It's a 5.02 difference. Jacob Markstrom, the second highest all time, 1.53. Ergo, this guy was a top two goalie with Jake Ottinger in round one. Yeah. I'll use the because it's just it's time for big words. That 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 was the first series, though. It was goalie versus goalie, right? Like it was defensive shutdown system versus defensive shutdown system, and the flames prevailed. Unbelievable and absolutely impressive. You look at round two, 1.53 in the first round. And at the time this was aired, they had Marshall at a 5.74. That's a yep. 4.21 increase from one series. To the next. I just don't understand. He finished the first round 
with the highest save percentage of a Flames goalie in franchise history. He finished round one with a 9-4-3 save. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, I, what even was, like, his total save percentage um, in round two was... Was was it even 800? Or was just Eight, over 800, maybe? 850. Yeah. Like, we're, not, we're not even talking about being below 900. We're talking about being below 870. Like, that... And here's something I want to... We scored 20 goals in this series. 20 goals in five games, and you'd think that'd be enough. You know what I... Like, there I there wasn't a game that he didn't allow less than four goals. In the five games that he played, there, he gave up four goals or more every single game. And that like, is so uncharacteristic of Jacob Markstrom. Flames are up 5-1. Goal, Chuck. Makes it a four-goal lead again. Goal, 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 goal. Game two. We're up 2 nothing. Goal. We're up 3-1. Goal, 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 goal. Game three was just straight up a game that the Oilers won. They, they absolutely dominated that game. Um, game four, right? Goal, goal, goal. 20 seconds in just gives Ryan Nugent Hopkins an absolute gift. Flames literally work back and tie this game at three. Goal. Goal, game five, goal, goal, right up to nothing. Edmonton, goal, 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 three, two, three, three, four, three flames. Evan Bouchard, goal, Connor McDavid and OT, goal. There are a lot of things that you can get into. Our offense, say what you will about individual guys, our offense was still good enough, five on five, where if we even had average goaltending, it would have at yep. least been a series or close to a win. No, and yeah, you know me. You know I am the biggest supporter of any Flames goaltender. I, <laughs> Especially this year, I took Jacob Markstrom's back on everything. But the Oilers watched a crap ton of tape on that guy and figured out his weaknesses. And they targeted his weaknesses to a T, to an absolute T. The defense, sure, didn't help out, but Markstrom's got him make those big saves that we signed him for. Like, that's what he was brought in for, you know? When we signed him with that $6 million contract, he was brought in to make those big-time saves when the team needed it the most. And he wasn't anywhere near that in these playoffs. Well, in the in round two. And that's the thing. Like, we're talking about a guy who is a Vesna candidate, right? Like, we're talking about one of the best goalies in the league. And then in round one, he still lived up to that, showed that. And then round two... I just sat there and I was like, I am really, really hoping in like a really weird way. You don't want to wish injury on anyone or pain on anyone, but waiting for those locker room cleanout interviews yesterday, I was like, if Jacob Markstrom wasn't hurt, I don't know how to react to this because at least then you have an excuse to fall back on and be like, okay, you can maybe kind of understand what the hell went wrong because, but he he wasn't Like, huh? There's nothing characteristic about what we saw, dude. Nothing. No. Um, Absolutely nothing. Check these out, okay, from Jay Fresh, right? Goals for, who had the advantage? Edmonton. Expected goals for, who had the advantage? Calgary. Shots on goal for, Calgary. Goals above expected, Edmonton. Chances for, Calgary. Shot attempts off passes, Calgary. Shots off high danger passes, Calgary. Rush shots, Edmonton. In zone shots, Calgary. 
Edmund entries with chance, Edmonton. Rebounds and deflections, Calgary. Controlled entry percentage, Edmonton. Controlled exit percentage, Calgary. Every game, whether it showed on the score sheet or not, was super close offensively, and the Flames had the slightest advantage in expected goals for. Yeah. We scored 20 goals in this series. We did. How Like – Callie Yarncroft scored a goal, for God's sake. Like, and I, I don't know. I want to talk to you about this because it's something me and my friends talked about a lot. When should they have actually realistically gone to Dan Vladar? Like, I know Markstrom's your number one. I know you're paying him so much money. and But game it needed four. to happen. It, it needed to happen. He should have started game four. Yeah. Game four, because you're not you're not putting Vladar in an elimination scenario, right? You're getting it. You're putting him in as like a here you go. Like we need to tie the series up kind of thing. Like, yeah, like and like I honestly I wouldn't even have put it past Daryl to start him in game four after Markstrom got pulled in game three. The fact that we're even comparing Jacob Markstrom's performance in round two to Brian Elliott's in 2017 against the Ducks, give me yeah. a break. What? What? I know. Huh? I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. The five-on-five offense for the Flames and their play was there. It Like, it really was. You look at all the metrics. You look at every single okay. statistic. The Flames still, in a way, whether you want to accept it or not, played a part of their game that we knew them to be good at throughout the season and throughout round one. Did they deter from their style of play completely against the Oilers? Yeah, I think they did. They did. That's are still there. Yeah, you know he's you know he's going to sit on it. You know he's going to have to spend his whole summer thinking about how he let the team down and let the city down. You know that's on his mind. I um, Jacob Marshall's such a competitive guy, and he always wants to be the best. And when he doesn't live up to his expectations, it's hard on him. And is he's either going to use this as fuel and come back next year and actually go out and win the Vesna, Or we're talking about the other end of the spectrum, which I don't even want to. Like, we always talk about how, like, these awards are voted on, right? Can you imagine if, like, you can't tell me that playoffs don't take into account with voting, right? Like, do the votes for these awards happen at the end of the regular season before the playoffs, or are they after? Right. Yeah. Because, like, if if you're sitting here and I'm looking at, okay, like, Markstrom, I, I, I didn't think Markstrom was winning the Vesna anyway. I think no. it was going to be Igor Shosturkin, and it's not close. But Markstrom still led the league in shutouts. Like, we're talking about a guy who finished top three in pretty much every category this year. And in round one was a standout. It was literally the Markstrom and Ottinger show. Or dare I say the Ottinger Markstrom show, which is yeah, yeah. Give it to Jake Ottinger. That guy is an absolute menace. But yeah, you look at Markstrom's all situations against the Oilers, minus 7.77 goals saved above expected. Yeah, that ugh. in comparison to Brian Elliott in 2017, Brian Elliott was a minus 3.91. And Brian Elliott had an 880 against the Ducks. Markstrom had an 850 against the Oilers. The fact that they are even in the same topic of conversation 
And we're talking about Brian Elliott and Mike Smith outplaying Jacob Markstrom in a vacuum, in a, in a controlled five-game outlook vacuum. I, I, I'm shocked. But if you think back to the regular season, too, Edmonton had Markstrom's number. Yeah, yeah that's another thing. That's like, what... so, it, it, yes, it is surprising that he crumbled like this, but Edmonton knew how to score on Jacob Markstrom. And that was something that we never took into account when we did our playoff preview. We completely disregarded the fact that, hey, maybe Edmonton does have this guy figured out. I mean, in a vacuum, though, like, you're looking at the team on paper, right? Like, the, you look at the Flames and Oilers on paper. It, I don't know how any genuine analyst who isn't straight up McDavid's number one fanboy would have thought that the Flames would lose this series. Oh, yeah. Like, objectively, I mean, I said Flames in six. You said Flames in seven, right? We didn't think it would be easy. We, we, we thought Edmonton would take a few, if not yeah. take us to the limit. I didn't think they would make swift work of us in five, though. And another, like, another thing I want to pinpoint. I don't know why the Manjapani, Backlund, and Coleman line wasn't matched up against the McDavid line a lot sooner. McDavid's line versus Lindholm at even strength, 34 minutes played, seven goals, 31 shots, 3.2 expected goals. Like, that is yikes. McDavid's yeah. line versus 88, 11, and 20 at even strength, 20 minutes, sorry, 28 minutes, two goals, 10 shots, 0.7 expected goals. I know that Sutter isn't big on line matching. No, he's all that sort of thing, but I, I'm just kind of like. But it did feel when, when 11, 20, and 88 got deployed against the McDavid line, they looked good and slowed down McDavid and Dreisaitl through the neutral zone quite a bit. It, was that not our X factor line? Seriously, that yeah. like those three when they're together, never split them up ever. Next season, literally, that is your permanent second line. I don't care. I yeah. don't care. Add if you're gonna add depth, add depth scoring depth to the third line. Someone to help out to Foley a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who can actually drive play there. I don't know. Jacob Pelche is in Stockton, <clears throat> but yeah. It's not even that I'm mad. Like it's the I'm just confused. Like I looked, at, I'm looking at it. And I'm like, this really happened. Like it's not even the fact that we lost to the Oilers. Like anyone who's old enough to understand Flames history knows that Wayne Gretzky tortured us throughout the '80s. Just absolutely tortured us. You look at all the cups the Oilers won in their dynasty days with Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. If Wayne Gretzky isn't on the Edmonton Oilers, you think the Flames wouldn't have had a chance at at least half of those cups that the Oilers won in that span? The Flames were a ridiculously good team. Yeah. Um, but Wayne Gretzky was just better. Like, yeah. And so what happened now? What happened now? We had we're living in it again. Huh? We're living in it again. We're, we're yeah. just going through it all over again. We are. Because, and that's the thing, like, there are going to be kids who watch this who don't understand the gravity of what we're saying, who for years, I mean, especially us, we grew up at a time when the Oilers were winning lotteries. So it was easy to 
dunk on him. That's not a dunk, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> what I don't understand is the fact that people are accepting of it. I understand that it's a historical thing, right? But I don't want to be Edmondson's little brother. I don't. Because, like, okay. And I'm not saying you sit here and reevaluate who you have on your roster in terms of our star guys. Just because our star guys got out got outplayed by their star guys in the second round of the playoffs, do you realize already the step that is taken that we're sitting here talking about the second round? Yeah, right? Like, we can actually say that the Calgary Flames made it to round two. Uh, like, dude, I... I just don't know what more to say because it's hard to pinpoint exactly what the hell lost you that series, but I'm going to sit and pinpoint two things. Okay. We'll get into individuals and shit later if you want to, but my overarching look at it, which apparently our subscribers actually care about because they care about listening to our takes, but it was Jacob Markstrom's horrendous goaltending effort and the Kirk Muller power play that should be shot yeah. under the sun. Yeah. You're, you're, you're telling me Johnny Goudreau isn't one of the best below the goal line playmakers in the entire league. Why the shit are we running perimeter stuff? Why? Why is I, Anderson our point guy? And he had five goals this year. Why? And, and then you look at it five on five and what are they trying to do? Dude. Behind the net, play, like little passes out front and shit. Like, so you're going to try that five on five when they have an extra guy on the ice defending the net, but you're not going to try it on the power play. I think one thing all Flames fans can agree on is please bring in a new power play coach that's not Kirk Muller. Like, I'm sure he's a great guy, but what the fuck? Give I me an iPad and I'll just, I'll go out there and. The amount of replay video that we've watched, we can yeah. watch fucking power play. Like exactly. Like, oh my god. I it made me it's making me miss Jeff Ward as our assistant, bro. <laughs> like you look at like 2019, our power play was fine. Like we weren't saying they were going cross ice, right? We were getting like it wasn't perimeter point play, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, like what is the philosophy of the power play right now? Just I, I, hope I that Tony Goudreau finds a lane somehow. Pretty much. Like send it over to Lindholm. Where you have Rasmus Anderson as your point guy. And like it, it and yeah, like I'm not hindering on any individuals on the power play. You put Anderson at the point, tried to foley at the point, nothing worked. At some point, you're gonna have to understand it's not your personnel, it's the game it's plan, system. and yeah, dude drawing it up. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I, those are my two reasons for why we lost this series. I think the Dallas stars did a lot of damage to our roster. Oh, they did. In round two, the team as a whole got outplayed by Edmonton star guys. They were better. We're sitting here talking about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel. What about Zach Hyman and Evander Kane? Exactly. Yeah. I dude, like you you said, you don't, you didn't want to talk about individuals and I agree with you. I don't think, we need to sit here and harp on players for how they didn't perform. 
But one guy I do want to give a shout out to is Michael Backlund because he was really good in that Edmonton series. He, he looked like he wanted it. He was driving play. He was blowing past defenders. Um, he looked so good out there. Scoring, driving the yeah. net, just putting pucks in. Nothing. But, yeah, no. Michael Backlund was our best player in round two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say Gaudreau right after, just because if you look at all the – pretty much all the metrics and shit, it really looked like it was 11 and 13 that were really doing the most out there, trying to drive something, trying to get something going. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, those Oilers fans that uh, heckled uh, Manjapani and Backlund at the hotel, um, you guys are losers. Like wh- – what if I saw if I saw Zach Hyman in an elevator at the Fairmont? Am I gonna sit and be like, "Hey Zach, hey Zach, hey Zach, can I follow you to your room, Zach?" Oh my god! Oh my god! One sec, one sec. Let me just take my phone out. Hey guys, look at Zach Hyman. I'm following him to room. What is that? Three oh eight. Yeah, like give me a break. Like that. Yeah, that was that? weird. That was weird. If like, okay. I commented a well wishes and prayer message to Ben's dad on Instagram and Oilers fans started responding to me in the thread Four one, four one L still not over the loss. Huh? What? And if Oilers fans ever call us classless again, I am going to think back to this series because, oh my God, are they giant pieces of shit. There's a video of them partying, just straight up partying in the concourse. And one drunk moron, like, I don't know how he climbed up there. He, like, climbed up the railing of the staircase, started dancing on this mat that they had above on, like, a top riser. And he started throwing up on the people that were on the lower concourse. Can you imagine? You're walking out of a game. You paid maybe close to a thousand bucks on tickets, and some punk Edmontonian is barfing on you from thirty feet up. What? <laughs> That's actually crazy. I didn't see that. That's oh, dude. I'll send it to you. It's so gross. <laughs> like the Barstool uh, Barstool Bird, I posted it, and I was like, yeah. I was like, this is exactly why, objectively, people think rednecks live in this province. Like, yeah. it is literally just Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did not see that. That's crazy. Dude, I, I don't know what to say. Obviously, another thing I want to point out, Chris Lee should never ref another NHL game in his life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, game two was the worst thing I've ever seen. It's a good thing you were camping and you didn't have to watch that because you would have had a heart attack. Like I was this close to having a stroke. Watching oh, I, I, I bet, man. Um, what, what did you tell me the penalties were in that game? Dude, there like was, there was 36 penalties were called. Yeah. And there was 18 minutes of four on four. Like 12 to 18, something like that. Can't remember off the top of my head, but it was like almost over half a period of play. Like, no wonder the Flames lost that game when McDavid gets, like, 
over half a period of four on four. I typed in Chris Lee on Twitter just to see what the vibe was. December 15th, 2011, 7.13 p.m. <laughs> Chris Lee is the worst NHL referee ever. I, I'm only saying something that's been echoed for the last 11 years. What? You look at our defense, though. Like, Nikita Zadorov, Chris Tanev, the fact that they even played games or were able to play games in this series, that's that's ballsy enough for me to respect them. And Tanev um, played a lot, too. Like, it, it seemed like the dude got hit by a freaking bus, and he was still out there playing, like, the third most minutes for on, on, on our decor. He... He was heavily targeted against the Stars. 36 hits were laid on the guy. And those are the ones that were actually counted. Like, um, and ugh, fuck, dude. Like, he was our best defenseman. Like, when yeah. he was in the lineup, he was our best defenseman. It wasn't close. And he was, like, half corpse. Like, I... Literally. Unbelievable. Nikita Zadorov, I think, had three broken ribs or something like that. Can I just say, like... I, I woke up this morning and I stubbed my toe and I thought it was the end of the world. Like, yeah, like I sat there. I was like, oh, God, oh, God, I'm dying. I stubbed my toe. Dude can barely breathe. I don't know if you've ever broken a rib before. I have. But when you have a broken rib, there's a what you can't breathe properly. You have to, to breathe so that it doesn't hurt. No, and yeah, you have three of them, and you're going out there and still battling in the corner every night. Mm. Was he not like one of our more impactful defensemen in Game Five? Seriously, Z- Zadorov was good in Game Five. I thought, like, I know, like, Branson and him got a lot of hate in these playoffs, but objectively, I didn't, I didn't think they were too bad. I don't think that hate is even close to warranted. Did they watch Round One? Yeah. I, I don't. Hey, kid, did, I don't you, did you watch round one? Where, where's the hate coming from? Just like but, your own eye test? What is that? People, like, people are gonna come up with any excuse possible to explain why the Flames lost. They just need somewhere to go and vent. But like I said to you last night, I've been trying not to come up with excuses and just really give props to Edmonton because of how good they did play the Calgary Flames and the accusations that Ken Holland made that made such a huge difference in this series. Like you said, in Hyman and Kane, like Kane has what, 12 or 13 goals in these playoffs right now? Mm-hmm. Like just crazy. We talk about the historical thing. Playoff points per game in a single season, minimum 11 games played. Wayne Gretzky, 1985, 2.61. Wayne Gretzky, 1983, 2.38. Connor McDavid, 2022, 2.27. Like in the dome, even said it best. Like Edmonton is like that rich, the rich kid at high school that just everybody hates because they get all these star players and then win lotteries and go on runs and whatnot. And Calgary has just kind of been like the public school of of the NHL. Like, just always not terrible, but not great either. <clears throat> One thing I want to say, um, Johnny Goudreau, like, I, I don't want to ever hear anyone say that he's not a playoff performer ever again. The guy has yeah. 
The guy was sixth in playoff league scoring. Like he was good. You look at the charts. I'm literally looking at a five on five primary chance contributions per sixty chart right now. Yeah, Joe is the best player on the fucking heat map. Oh yeah, taking into account the regular season and the playoffs. Like no. I, I haven't seen a lot of hate on Johnny Gaudreau, um, especially since the Dallas series. I know, like, in the first few games of the Dallas series, he was catching quite a bit of heat. But ever since pretty much game three of that Dallas series, I haven't seen anybody really saying that it's Gaudreau's fault or that he can't perform in the playoffs because he proved everybody that he could. Oh, I can't, I can't picture a world where this guy is not back in red next year. That's all I'm going to say. This season, if you think that this season wasn't a success, get your head checked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, what the hell happened, you know, just going around the entire city right now, as there should be. But, man, it's the third time. The third time we've made it out of the first round in 32 years. We had the second best season in franchise history. 340 goal scorers. Nine career seasons, a Vesna, Jack Adams, and Selkie nomination, a plus yep. five goal differential. That's a really good year. A is really, really not, good year. Is that not a stepping stone? And you won a game seven in round one in overtime. Yeah. And you played an unbelievable first round series with a team that matched up with you beautifully and you came out of it. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Like, no, at- and like, you have to take it with a grain of salt, right? Like, you sit back, forget about the Edmonton series. We lost in round two. It's as simple as that. It doesn't matter how we lost, who we lost to, we lost in round two. But sit back, and did you not, for the first time and for so freaking long, enjoy watching Flames hockey all year? That, like, ga- game seven, yeah, I went to the game. I got sick from it. That's why I didn't record for like 10 days. But, dude, that was the best night of my life. That was, like, top three exactly. best nights of my entire, like, existence. Like, and even the 82-game regular season, every, every day I got, got off work or there, it was game night, I was so excited to just sit down and watch this team play because they were actually building something. And this is what I want to say. You look at Colorado, you look at Tampa Bay, they didn't just get good on a dime. What happened with the Lightning before they, you know, before they went back to back? What happened? What happened? It failed. Second round exits, first round exits. First round exit as a top seed, same year as the Flames. Got fucking swept by the Blue Jackets. Take a look no further even at Colorado. They are the worst team in the league in 2017. Like, were they not? They were literally one of the worst teams in the league from 2015 to 2017. Yeah, and then they got Kale McCarr, and then, yeah. (laughs) The rest rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's finally a legitimate buy-in that we're starting something ridiculous in this city. It has me choked up thinking about it, but it would be an absolute, (laughs) like, it would be an absolute disaster if coming off of this season – Certain top guys aren't signed. That's that's yeah. all I'm gonna frame it. We'll get no. into it in the next video. But yeah, I know. 
But like, I like, I just want to say in the dome alluded to this and I'm going to second it. If you don't think that the core here is good enough in terms of what's already here, I'm not talking about the opportunity about going in, adding another piece. If you think that this core here isn't good enough, give your head a shake. Was Nikita Kucherov being slandered on for not being a playoff performer before they went back-to-back? Was Steven Stamkos looked at, oh, my God, this guy sucks. Get Steven Stamkos out of here. Get Kucherov out of here. Victor Hedman can take a hike back to Sweden. Did you hear any of that? No. No. Johnny Goudreau is 29 in August. Elias Lindholm is 27. Matthew Kachuk is 24 years old. Yeah. Anderson is 26. Manjapani is 26. Well, Anderson will be 26 in October. Got ahead of myself there. Hannafin is 25. They're under Daryl Sutter and what this team has built this first full season with him at the helm. There's lots of good shit on the horizon for us if you can run it back and add to this team heading into Oh, totally. Totally. This team jumped through hurdles that we didn't think were going to be possible. Like you, you talked to 90% of the media last summer. Oh my God, the flames are finishing sixth in the division. It was only like the real people that actually understood how the game of hockey fucking worked and knew who Daryl Sutter was and what he would implement. Exactly. I, I had a belief like us. That- I, 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 and I think back to, when it was yeah, all those ESPN analysts that like submitted who was going to win the Pacific Division, who was the one guy that picked the Flames? John Tortorella. What of course you? it is. What of course do? it is. A guy that actually understands the game and knows what's going on. What what a beat. like. Um, and like I just want to say I know that there's, we've got a minute left. I just want to say I know that his playoffs. Uh, can be looked at as less than ideal. And we knew that he injured his hand um, in the press conference last night, but Matthew Kachuk is 24 years old and just had a 42 goal, 104 point season while being one of the strongest defensive forwards in the entire league. He's 24 years old. This man is a superstar. He is elite as hell and one of the best in the game. He's going to be back better than ever next year, and he's going to use this as fuel. Oh, t- totally. That, that's, all, that's all I want to say. If you're shitting on yeah. the core, get your head checked. I don't know what you yeah. just watched, but nothing yeah. but positives to come out of this despite that horrendous ending to the Oilers. And GG's Edmonton, good good series. You guys are yeah. up to this. Yeah, GG's. Hell, hell of a series to you.